Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Those of you who are here for the first time, we're going through this 40-day challenge. Remember when you used to have all those crazy uh, online challenges, um, like the ice bucket challenge and the dangerous ones, like the Tide Pod challenge and the choking challenge. Just got way out of hand. Um, so, but this is um, a, a challenge. So this was was written during that time. So they call it the challenge. You know, let's go do something that's godly, uh, and it's a challenge to to just immerse ourselves. In the words of Jesus, what does He say about life? What does He say about the the what's important and how we should live? Go right back to the source of the things that Jesus Himself actually spoke, uh, because in many different versions of the Bible translations, they they help us under, see which words in Scripture are actually spoken by Jesus by putting those in red, and so that's where the red letter challenge comes from. Um, just a quick review. There are five topics. These are the sort of the five main things that Jesus spoke on in his words: being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. Uh, and so these are the five topics that we'll be covering. Last week was the introduction, so you're not too late to jump on in. And it's uh, what we're doing here with the red letter challenge. And I love the beauty of it is that we combine three different things. We combine our personal time with God, which is important for all of us. That we would personally connect with Him, because that's really what Christianity is. It's our personal relationship with God. And so, to help you with that, we have these books that um, uh, Stacy was talking about. And so, we'll have some more of these back there. But grab these, and what it, these are, are they have forty days. Like this is day fifteen, um, and it's just readings to do things from the Scripture, thoughts and ideas, reflections on the words of Jesus, so that we dig a little deeper in our personal time. But we encourage you all to get in the red letter challenge because what that's going to do is it's going to be a repetition and driving deeper the thoughts that we're preaching on Sunday. So the same topic, like this Sunday we're we're doing being, is what you'll be reading about throughout the week in your quiet time, and then also in our all our small groups are going through the same topics as well. And so in three different ways we have these like the three anchor points to help drive the words of Jesus into our lives because that's really what Christianity is all about. What did Jesus say? And how do we apply that to our lives? How do we live that out? And so we're going to take 40 days of just focusing in on that as a church together, encourage one another. Um, many of our small groups, or several of them, are meeting here uh, on Wednesday night and Thursday night. Uh, and if you don't have a small group, this is a great time to come on in and sort of get that small group experience by joining with us on Wednesday night or Thursday night. Begin to find community, and we just go through together. Um, Not not actually the book because they're, but we go through the topic, and we'll talk about like this week, on Wednesday night and Thursday night. We'll talk about being. What does that mean, and how do we apply it to our lives? And if you've never been in a small group like that where you further just discuss and talk about and unpack the word and apply it to your lives, then this is going to be a great experience for you. All right. So that's a review. That's what we're doing. So this week, being. ROC number one, being. So as we talk about being. We're kick, kicking in this 40 days, and we're, we're. I don't know about you, but every like every year when we start our reading program, by the end of the year, 
there's just a few of us pressing on to finish it out, you know, because that's kind of human nature. I remember when I first, um, when I was in high school, and um, the year before I entered high school, we had what was called the South Pacific Games, which is like a mini Olympics for all the, the island nations in, in, in the, the South Pacific. And that year was actually held in Guam, which is where I was living. And so we went out, we would go out, we actually had a little mission team put together and we would go onto the, um, in, into the, like the Olympic Village and into lo the locations and we would take teams and we'd go in there. I was in junior high school. They let me in, it was supposed to be only high schoolers, but I was really cool. I got to be with the high school kids. And, and so we'd go and evangelize, you know, and, and share Jesus every day with all these athletes. And I remember people really loved going to share with the, the athletes from, uh, from Tahiti because they had some, some really pretty girls there on their team. And so all the guys were like, well, we're gonna go uh, evangelize Tahiti today, <laughs> that team, you know, it's just guys. Uh, so, um, but, but I remember that what happened was they brought all this track and field equipment uh, to Guam. They purchased all this track and field equipment. So then the following school year, my, my freshman year in high school, we started track and field. Never had had track and field before in high school in Guam. And so we're all out there, we're, gonna, we're making a league, you know, and, and nobody knows what to do. We don't know how to, to, to do these different races and the jumps and things, but we have the equipment, so we got some coaches, and we're going out. And I remember um, I got up the, the first day, and, uh, and they said, okay, we're going to kind of see where, where everybody fits, you know. And so the, the first day, they had us run a few different races, and they timed us to see, are you a distance runner? Are you a, a sprinter? And so uh, the one of the races I ran in was the, the 400 meter. It's one lap around the track. And that is a killer race. If you've never run 400 meter, 400 and 800 meters are, are known as just the, the, killer, the, kids, the, the killer races because they're a sprint, but they're longer than a short sprint. And so usually you have to have speed and stamina. So I got out there with everybody. We ran. We didn't know what we we're doing, you know. But um, but I ended up one of, one of the like the top three finishers for the for the 400. I thought, oh great, you know, we're all dying at the end, throwing up and stuff, you know. But but we did it, right? And I'm an athlete, and I'm you know young high school, so um, so then I'm assigned. Okay, I'm going to be a 400 meter runner. Then uh, that week, I was in choir practice of all things. So I'm sitting in choir practice, and we're rehearsing at church, you know. And, and my cousin he pulls out a, a pocket knife. And his pocket knife, one side's dull, one side's sharp on his pocket knife. And so he's goofing around and he, he swipes it along the bottom of my foot, thinking that he's running the, the dull side along the bottom of my foot, but he runs the sharp side. And so this blood starts squirting out from the bottom of my foot in the middle of choir practice, right? So anyway, um, so, so I got to fix my foot. I can't train, uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, for, for the beginning of track and field. So it comes out, I'm, I haven't trained at all, but it comes to the first race and I, I just, my foot finally heals just in time to get out there and race. So I'm doing the 400 meter race. Never run it other than the one time uh, at, the, at the start the trials, you know? So I get out there and I'm ready to go, you know? And, with the, and the gun goes off. I'm running, I'm just going, I'm just blazing, and I'm in first place. Around the first turn, I'm in first place. Down the back stretch, I'm still in first place, but the guys are starting to catch up. We hit that last turn, and I'm just totally gassed. And everybody goes zipping past me, and I end up fifth out of six guys, you know. So, uh, it, was, um, it was exciting, but I had no clue what it would take. You know, I just had never practiced, didn't know what it would take, and so I didn't finish well. And what we want to make sure is that you finish well in this 40-day uh, challenge. And so we start off with being 
because being is really what helps us finish well. You see, most of us, we love to start things, but we have a difficulty finishing them. There's this book by John Acuff. He talks about finishing. It's called Finish. It was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And in that book, he cites a study uh, at a university. If you know where the, the office, everybody know the show, TV show, The Office? You remember where it was filmed? Anybody know the, the town? Scranton. Scranton, Pennsylvania. So, so in Scranton, uh, University of Scranton, they did this study and they found out that 92% of people who start New Year's resolutions don't finish them. And that's about par for the course for a lot of us in a lot of things that we begin. But we don't want it to be the par for the course for our lives or for this 40-day challenge because we want to implement what Jesus speaks into our lives. Okay, so here we go. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We want to run with endurance this race that God has set before us called life. We want to finish well. And so key thing in, in, in running any race or in living life, we have two questions we want to ask ourselves in life. Number one, what's our number one priority in life? And number two, how are we going to accomplish, make sure we stay on track with that priority? Okay, so that's the two questions we're going to answer today as we go into this. Jesus said, because of the joy awaiting for him, he endured the cross, regarding, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor before God's throne. So Jesus, he finished his course. He understood his goal. And now he's seated in a place of honor. And God offers all of us that same thing. He says at the end of life, we'll be welcomed into eternal places and either we'll be welcomed in and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we all want to hear when we get up there. And we're going to hear that if we understand what's most important in life and we focus on that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, today as we come into these few moments of, of sharing in your word together. We pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that you would open up your word to us, that, that as we're hearing your word, Father, you would begin to show us what it is to truly be with you, to be like you, that, Father, in our pursuit of life, above all else, we would pursue you. And that as we look into your words today, those words would, would impact us and transform us. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Quick overview. We're going to look today at what, what do we mean by being when we give this title, being, and then what are the benefits of being, and how do we apply being to our lives all right so let's go here we go number one what we mean by being this is what it says about jesus he appointed 12 when he gathered his 12 disciples he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and so this is what jesus said this is the the, the purpose for which he called his 12 disciples he said you need to be with me so that i can then send you out to preach 
And so how the disciples were transformed from ordinary fishermen and tax collectors into people who established Christianity and spread the kingdom of God around the world to where you and I are still today hearing the gospel is that they were called to be with Jesus. And so we talk about being, this is what we're talking about. That the same call that those disciples had to be with Jesus, when Jesus said, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. That same call goes out to you and I, to be with Jesus, to follow him, so that we too then will become fishers of men. It's easy for us in, in, in life to just become self-centered and about ourselves. There's so many things in life that distract us and that easily become the goals and the purposes and the objectives of our life. But Jesus puts number one is to be with him. And so as we start off this, this red letter challenge, we start off with being because this is really the foundation for every other part of the red letter, letter challenge. And we can get caught up with the doing of the different parts of the red letter challenge, but we'll miss the point and we won't get the full benefit of the doing if we don't start out with the being. That every, in everything that we do, we do it in order to be with and to become like Christ. Scripture goes on to say in Romans chapter 8, it says, from, For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to Him, and all along He knew who would, should become like His Son. See, that's our goal, is to become like Christ. And so this is God's intention for you, His calling for you, and for I, is to be with Christ and to be like Him. Romans 8, 29, to be like Jesus, so that His Son would be the firstborn of many brothers. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, We should imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. See, this is to, to be with Christ and to be like Christ. This is what it means. This is what we're talking about when we say being. And being with Christ comes as we spend time with him. Being like Him is as we endeavor to do the, live the way that Jesus lived. To live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. So even now, as, you, as, you, as you're sitting there listening to this, if you, you pause and take a moment, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you ways that you can demonstrate the love of God to people in your lives. Because all around us, there are people who need the love of God. And if you'll just take a moment and think about the people who are in your life, at work, family, friends. Who are the people around you that, that obviously need the love of God? And what would Jesus do? How would Jesus express the love of God to them? This is what it means as we're going through the red letter challenge is to, to take the words of God and they don't just become things that we listen to in a good sermon, but they become things that we live out in our lives. 
Because it's easy to come to church and sort of view this as like our religious duty, our time that we give time to God. And then we live the rest of our lives for ourselves and our own purposes. And we, we don't ever think about God. We don't ever think about applying the red letter challenge or applying the words of Jesus to our life. And so I want to encourage you in this moment to, to let's just take a moment and say, okay, God, I, I want to apply your words to my life. What would that look like for me to live out the love of God to the people around me? I want to live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. As you think through that, you might think, man, that's a, I don't know, some of those people that need the love of God, they're, they're not people I like. Oftentimes it's the people you like least who need love the most. And that's why says about Jesus he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us because love so often is a sacrifice and so thinking through your life and saying where where do I need to sacrifice to give love because even as we come to church we can do our Christian life and do it really with a consumer mentality of what's in it for me how can God benefit my life? And we can think that Christianity is all about me and to help me fulfill my goals and reach, reach, uh, reach my objectives in life. But honestly, Christianity is the opposite. To really come and if, if you want to follow Christ, then you have to do what he did. He loved us and gave himself as a sacrifice for us. And so it's good to just ask ourselves, where in my life am I sacrificing in order to help others experience the love of God? Where is God calling me to do that? Is that all right? It's good. It's good. Uh, all right. So, what, so that's what it is. Basically, being is to be with Christ and to be like Christ. Okay. And those are really actually the, 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 main, the answers to the main two questions of life. Number one, what, what is the number one objective in life? Honestly, we're created to be like Christ. And that's always got to be the, the, the foremost thing on our minds and the objective of everything that we do. Is what, how can I be more like Christ in this? And then how do we do that? We be like Christ. In other words, we do it how He would do it. This is what being means that we live to emulate Him, with Him, and, and then we get His power to help us to do that. So we do, it, we do it with Him to become like Him. Does that make sense? Are we good? With Christ, like Christ. So the benefits of being. Jesus said this, this is in our, our reading this past week, in the, the, the former year-long year reading that we're doing, that we're taking a quick break from as we, for these 40 days. Um, the discipleship journey a few days ago was uh, John chapter 15. And Jesus says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. These are Jesus' red letter words. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We're to remain in Christ. Being in Christ, being with Christ, is the only way that we can bear eternal fruit in our lives only when we're with him and so when we talk about the benefits of being it's that if you want to bear fruit for eternity things that last beyond just this life 
that only comes as we're invested into Christ, as we are rooted and planted in Him. We have to get rid of our, our selfish living and living for our own fruit. And so number one, it takes us really a change in desire. If we don't desire to have eternal fruit, living a life of being in Christ can begin to lose its value. And then we start to just pursue things like everybody else, whether it's filling up our bank account, getting more power, getting more status, a different title, just pleasure in life. But God's created you for more than that. And that's why we, we constantly, and if you've been around people who are successful in life, but so unhappy in life, they have all the trappings of fame and success. And yet their hearts are empty because we weren't created for success. We weren't created just for fame or just for wealth. We're created for communion with Christ. And out of communion with Christ, there may come fame, there may come wealth, there may come pleasure. But the focus is always that being with Christ. And this is why, this is what the Red Letter Challenge is all about. It's focusing on the things that make life complete. So that as you excel in life, and as you become successful, as you accomplish things in life, it doesn't become a hollow victory. You don't end up like, I think just this week, one of these, uh, I was just reading, you know, this news on the news, um, some K-pop star who committed suicide in the midst of all the fame, money, wealth. K-pop is so huge. As, as I go to the States, people are way into K-pop, they travel in Asia, people, I was, astounded at the at how popular k-pop is and how wealthy these young people are are becoming but here's one of these guys who the height of fame success just finds life not worth living and for you and i let's start with the right foundation by saying whatever might come into my life i'm you you, you may not become a k-pop star sorry <laughs> But whatever it is that you attain in life, and whether you become, in the world's eyes, very successful or, or not so very successful, you can still find joy, satisfaction, and a sense of having lived the life that you were created for. If you start with the right foundation. And that's the point of the Red Letter Challenge. Let's get our lives on the right foundation. Let's go to what Jesus said life is all about. And let's align our lives that way. So that our, our, our Christianity isn't just made up of uh, religious activity, but truly life-changing relationship. Dear brothers and sisters, James says, uh, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why is that? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Okay? And so what happens is, as we, as we pursue God, and we pursue character in life as we pursue to become like Jesus. As we pursue things like the fruit of the Spirit in life. I want, I want love. I want joy. I want peace. I want patience. What God most often does is puts us in situations where our environment is the opposite of that. 
Because it's easy to feel like we're very loving when we're in the midst of a loving environment. When everybody's pouring love on us and saying great things to us, oh, we feel so loved. It's so easy to love other people who love me. When everything around me is peaceful and there's no problems, it's very easy to feel like, oh, I really got peace. The truth is, you're just living off the environment. You have no internal peace. You don't know how to tap into internal love. And so for God, what, what God does then, He puts us in the opposite circumstances and the opposite environment because then we learn to tap into Him. And we begin to find our source of joy, our source of peace in Him by being rooted in Him. And then the fruit starts to come out. And then what's great is that regardless of the, the circumstance, like that song says, we have a, a firm foundation, we have a peace that makes no sense. It just doesn't, everyone says, how can you have so much peace in such unpeaceful circumstances? It's because that peace comes from within who I am. And this is what being means. Being refers to who we are, not just what we do, not just the effects of the environment around us, but who we are on the inside. And so this is one of the ways that God develops that inside of us because character takes time. Transforming who we are from the inside out. I wish we could just have an altar call at the end of the service and say, okay, now we're just going to pray over everybody. We're going to zap you with character so that no matter what you face, you're always going to have peace. No matter what circumstances, you're always going to have patience. No matter how people treat you, you're always going to be loving. I'm just going to pray that over your life and boom, it's going to be done. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but how that comes is in our lives. We make choices to follow Christ, to be with Christ, and to, to let Christ-like character come out of our lives. And so as our faith is tested, we have this chance, we have opportunities to grow. So then we have to let it grow. We have to let our character grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You'll be mature. You'll find that no matter what circumstances you're in, like Paul said, when I abound, when I have abundance, I'm great. When I have lack, I'm also great. I'm content in whatever circumstance I'm in. I have a peace that transcends the circumstances. And that's the life that God has for you. Just take a moment. Just turn to your neighbor and say, hey, God has a peace that passes understanding. Now, 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 now tell them, you're also going to be patient, loving, and kind. <laughs> See, sometimes we just have to hear those words because our circumstances and our experience tells us the opposite. I'm impatient. I'm a mean person. You know. But that's not what you're created to be. You have potential for more. God created you for more. But it starts, you have to at some point begin to say, set, set, set a goal and say, that's what I'm going to become. I'm going to become a patient person. I'm going to become a loving person. I'm going to become a kind person. I'm going to tap into Jesus. I'm going to draw on His reserves of love and peace and faith to fill me. And then our lives begin to change. Not necessarily overnight, but if you'll stick with it, if you'll focus on that, if, if you'll walk with Jesus, and we'll go into that of, of how this takes place, you're going to find your life is going to begin to change. Your character will begin to change. And you're going to become 
perfect, or that word means mature, complete, needing nothing. In other words, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of how people treat me, I'm going to walk as a loving, faithful, patient, peace-filled person. That's the Christian life that God calls us to. That's the abundant life that God calls us to. I am certain, Philippians 1.6, that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. When you received Christ into your life, this work began. Because this is what God, Jesus wants to do in your life. Jesus didn't just come so that you could escape hell. Jesus came so that your life here on earth could be transformed by beginning to transform. The Bible says gives us a new heart. God wants to change us from the inside out. And this is our goal. This is what we're, we're focusing on these 40 days together, doing the Red Letter Challenge. We want to join together and say, let's help each other. Let's really press into it and say, God, we, we want to begin this process of transformation in our lives where we begin to experience life the way you intended it. And we help each other live out the Christian life. And we help each other to have Christ formed inside of us. This is our 40-day challenge. Not just to make it through some material, but to really encourage and to challenge each other to say, what, is it, what would it look like for us to be a reflection of Jesus Christ in our lives? And let's come alongside each other and help each other do that. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill His good purpose. See, there's a, I love this, there's a, there's a, a, a working out. God will continue His work in you. God wants to work out the thing that He's put inside of you. And He calls us to, to work out our salvation. Verse 12, continue to work out your salvation. How do we do that? Because it's God who works in us. For it's God who works in you. So there's a working out and a working in, in our lives. This is the process by which we are transformed. We, our part is to work things out. Our part is to put them into practice. And it is work. It doesn't just happen to us. It's work to, to put the words of Jesus into practice in our lives. But here's the thing. God will be working those things into our life as we're working them out. Okay? That's, and that's how transformation takes place in our lives. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In the midst of that, Jesus will be working alongside of you, and you're going to find a rest even in the midst of the hard work. As you're working it, things out, as you are, like Paul says, I'm striving to, to work things out. At the same time, it's Christ working in me. And so there's a rest in the midst of the work. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. And so today, as you're sitting there, you might be thinking, how is this going to take place? What is it going to look like? It really takes place as we learn to wait on Jesus. Give Him time in our lives. So we want to finish well. So here we go. How do we apply being in our lives 
We don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And so the reason why we, we read the scriptures, the reason why we do uh, this book for 40 days is, and, and why it's so important to set aside time in our lives, this will take you maybe 15 minutes. Um, it's getting a little longer as, as we go through it, uh, but maybe 15 minutes. I don't, it won't take you more than half an hour to, to go through this. And if we're really saying that being with Jesus is the most important thing in my life, if my goal, is, is, if my goal really in life is to be like Him, and, and I can't put aside 15 to 30 minutes a day to work on that, there's a disconnect between what we say and what we do. There's a disconnect from what we say is important in our lives and what's reflected in our schedules. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't have 30 minutes a day yet set aside for being with Jesus and becoming like Him, now is a good time to make that change. To start to get serious about our Christian life and say, you know, if I want to end up at the end of life and be able to say, I've really become and done all that Christ called me to do, then start, start now. Set it in your schedule. Prioritize that. Put it in your life. Okay? Because the world is going to constantly be bombarding you with, with, with suggestions of the way that you should live. But God says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But if that's all that you are drinking in into your life is what you see around you and what you're experiencing in the world, and you're not taking time to really let the words of Christ come into you, then, then you've, you've got... You've got nothing to fight with, okay? You've got nothing to help transform you. So then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is God good and pleasing and perfect. God has a good, a pleasing, I like that part that it's not only good, but it's also pleasing and it's perfect. God's plan for your life is good and pleasing and perfect. But you, it, it starts by replacing the thoughts and ideas that we get from the world around us with the words that come from Christ on how we're to live. So take advantage. We're, we're investing time. We're investing effort. We're, we're rallying together to say, let's, let's make this happen in this 40-day challenge. I want to encourage you, don't let it slide by. Don't just say, oh, I'm too busy for that. I'll just do my Sunday in church thing. I want to encourage you, take advantage of this. Then you will be, no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of, of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. See, so often if the enemy can't get you to do something bad, he'll try to just get you busy doing something good but not what's best. And get distracted by stuff. Instead, we want to speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His church, the body. So one of the first ways that, that, that the how-tos is get together with the body of Christ. Because this is, we want to be with Christ. The Bible says the church is His body. And so that's why we gather on Sundays, so that we can be with Christ, with His body. That's why we do small groups together, connect groups together, so that we can be with the body of Christ and interact. And again, if you're not in one, jump in one. So spend time with, with, with Christ, the body of Christ in the church. Spend time with Jesus in your quiet time. Whether you do this 
the 40-day the challenge, get a book, or you choose your own, but, but get into prayer and reading the Bible. Gather with the church. The church is His body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Read your Bible. Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Do you know the teachings of Christ? If you don't know them, you're going to have a hard time being faithful to them. Okay, so, and how do we get to it? By reading the Bible. And so that's why we've been doing these last three years. We did the biblical storyline by Bible Project uh, three years ago. Then last year we did the New Testament in a year. We read through that together. This year we're doing Disciples Path, the Journey. Uh, every day, just a, a, a little bit of reading that you can do. Probably less than 15 minutes that you can read through that. And then for 40 days, we're doing the Red Letter Challenge. We're reading through the, the Bible together. We, we are really trying to, to make it easy for you, but it's, it's never going to be easy. It always will take work. It'll take some commitment. But I tell you, the, the benefits that you get from it will be life transforming. And at the end of your life, when you look back and say, what did I invest my life into? You're going to say, those were the investments that really counted. The other thing we do together is prayer. Every Monday night, we gather together online and do corporate prayer. Once a month, first Friday of every month, we come together here and we worship and pray together as a church in, in person. So I encourage you, not only in your own personal time in prayer, but gather with the body of Christ together and pray together on our Zoom call or in our monthly gathering. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. And so see, we can even get involved in all the, 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 the different religious activities of even like the 40-day challenge and read the books and do all the stuff. But in the end, what we want to do is we want to get Jesus out of all of this. We want to spend time with Him. We want to be with Him through this. So as you're reading the Bible, as you're praying, your constant prayer needs to be and your constant aim needs to be, Jesus, where are you in this scripture? What do you want to say to me? And then to be like Him. Jesus, as I'm reading the scriptures, you show me how I can be more like you. As I'm praying, you talk to me about ways that I can be more like you. As I walk through the day, as we, the reason why we spend time in prayer in our quiet time is so that throughout the day, we recognize God's voice in our activities. And throughout the day, we're saying, Jesus, how do I share your love with other people? You show me how I can be more like you today at work. You show me how I can be more like you with my family. You show me how I can be more like you with my friends. This is a moment for us as a church to be transformed by being with Jesus and becoming like Him. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to walk through life together with you. The sad thing is that so many Christians claim the name of Christ but really have no experience of the life of Christ because they don't take the time to invite Jesus into their life. They don't take time to invite Jesus into their conversations. And as a church, let's, let's take these 40 days 
and, and, and focus on that and say, let's encourage each other and, and let's invite Christ into our lives, into our everyday walk. Would you stand with me? This verse says that Jesus is standing at the door of our hearts. And that's the truth. He's knocking at the door of your heart and mine. Jesus wants nothing more than a relationship with you, a friendship with you, to share life together with you. But we have to take the step to invite Him in. And this week, as, as, we, as we're continuing to embark on this 40-day challenge, let's just take a moment and, say, and, and make it very clear to Jesus, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to be with you. I want to be like you. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we come to you today. And as we read the scriptures, Lord, we recognize that you want to abide with us and in us. And you long for us to, in return, desire to be with you. And Father, today we, we just we, we make a commitment. We say, Lord, Lord, forgive us of our sins and the, the areas where we've neglected you, the areas where we've rebelled against you, the things we do that are so out of align with who you are. Father, we look at our, our own hearts and all the different things that, that we desire that are so against what you desire. We look at the greed and the, the envy. Uh, we look at the pride in our lives. The different desires that are, are so not in line with who you are, the love that you demonstrated to us. And Father, we repent of those wrong actions and wrong desires, the sin in our lives. We say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. And today, Lord, we open our hearts for some maybe the first time, for others maybe the thousandth time. And we say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my companion. Be my master. I want to be with you. I want to be like you. And Lord Jesus, in these 40 days, draw my heart closer to yours. And I open my heart to you. I want to be your friend, just as you're my friend. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.